Welcome to the Florida Versus Podcast. You know, I got one for you. Holy cow! off here because the assignment has been turned in late a few audio issues here at the studio has delayed the output of this episode though it's still friday and i've still got the one and only mike nicola on the program he's a filmmaker producer stud Uh, We'll get into him a little bit later. I am your host today and every day, Peter Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Friday episode. Whether you're listening to it Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, maybe you're even listening to it on Monday. Maybe it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe it's the following Friday. Who knows? But today, as this episode airs and goes out into the airwaves, it is September 3rd. I appreciate you guys for listening, guys and gals, and everybody uh, that has ears that's given this a quick sneak peek here's the episode preview uh some housekeeping big note henceforth from this day episodes will only be available unless you download them uh, for one month so the september uh, episodes will be available through the end of october and so on then uh the back catalog will be available through a paywall uh which will be coming up soon anyhow doesn't affect how you listen to it you can still get it on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts uh now mike nicola great man former roommate him and i along with shane hartline moved out to los angeles together in the fall of 2011 shane and i have chronicled that story on this podcast uh the near-death experiences the Nights we can't remember and all the fun in between. But Mike Nicola, this must have been 2008. I did not know him at the time. I clearly know him now. But in 2008, when he first met me, he was at an audition for his short film called Call Girls. It was the first thing I'd ever been cast in. And I am a debt of gratitude for... uh, taking a chance on me then and taking a chance on moving out to Los Angeles with me. We also got tattoos together, uh, which was very fun. Uh, It's a certain bond that you have with someone if you get a tattoo with them. Anyhow, I hope you you enjoy that bond, our communication, and appreciate this episode on this Friday edition of the Florida Versus Podcast. Listen to a few ads, got to pay the bills, and then uh, it's going to be me and Mike Nicola. Enjoy. Talk to you Tuesday. Bye. Do 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 do. Ad time. Oh man, another ad. Well, don't worry. This one will make you hungry. Margarita, pepperoni playboy, guilty party, good thing, dreams tonight, beyond love, smoke signals, neon moon, Springsteen, talking backwards, crude copy, breakneck speed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't had one of Lucky Nick's Pizza's sourdough Neapolitan pizza pies straight from their wood fire oven, and you are missing out. Go ahead and follow Lucky Nick's Pizza on Instagram. That's at L-U-C-K-Y-N-I-C-K-S-P-I-Z-Z-A for the latest updates about their weekly mobile pop-ups in the SoCal region. It's Lucky Nick's Pizza. Nice little pizza, huh? Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the holdup? It's ad time. Oh, yeah. It's ad time. And let the good time roll. You know, since 2015, totally good time has been making pop culture street style inspired by the 90s, 2000s, and niche entertainment favorites. Well, what do they got? Uh, how about bringing on Toro Sweatsuit? Check. Empire Records Staff Tee for Rex Manning Day? Check. New Girl True American Hoodie that features the design as the gameplay? One, two, three, four. Check. 
Now go ahead and check out all of the original pop culture goods over at totallygoodtime.com. That's totallygoodtime.com. And use code FLORIDAVERSUS15 for 15% off your order today. That's code F-L-O-R-I-D-A-V-S-1-5 for 15% off your order today. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Add time. All right, Mike Nicola. Everybody gets a song. name is Mike Nicola, diet soda. He went with me to Daytona, and we hung out a lot. <laughs> Mike Nicola, the legend. He's on the podcast, straight from Southbridge, Mass., the pride of Southbridge, by way of Florida, by way of Los Angeles, an old roommate, a filmmaker, a content creator, Axon Communications stud. Please welcome to the podcast, the one, the only, Michael Eric Nicola. Hey, Peter, how you doing, man? Good I'm doing, go. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad, I'm glad you're finally, you're finally on the podcast, man. I know it was, it was hard to, to get a date down, but uh, you know, you get a lot of people in, in the queue, so it's like <laughs> figure it out. Well, I mean, I knew I, I was psyched to have you, man. Uh, Mike, all right, cool. Before we get into anything, uh, we like to do the plugs up top. Plugs up top. Is there anything uh, that you'd like to draw our listeners to check out on any corner of the internet or, uh, you know, in real life, uh, anything you'd like to plug? Well, the most recent thing that came to mind was the movie I saw Friday, also because you know, things have gotten a little bit safer and I felt safe enough to go to the movies, which was a good deal. So nice. I went and saw the new uh, remake with Candyman. Candyman, nice, nice. That looks, yeah, yeah. it looks scary. All right, uh, yeah. any, anything else to uh, to draw the listeners to? Oh, man. You know, right now I've just been working with the Red Sox and stuff. So it's like, I don't have any like personal projects really that, that uh, to just, make people watch or listen to. But I don't know, I don't know, it's all about right yeah, just just supporting the socks, man. <laughs> supporting the socks, which I understand. The Red Sox. Well, one one thing at a time. Candyman, on this podcast here every final Tuesday of the month, Corey Slater comes on, who you know, <laughs> to uh, review a Florida movie with me. This past Tuesday, we did Pain and Gain, uh, the classic Michael Bay movie with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock and Anthony Mackie. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Ed Harris. Uh, all right. Now, obviously, Candyman is not a Florida movie unless it takes place in Florida. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, uh, what would you tell us about Candyman as a horror film? What do you think? Um, I knew nothing really about it until that week because I hadn't seen the original. Oh. And then uh, me and my friends decided it would be smart to do that. So we watched the original and it was a little cheesy. Like like there was a kind of slow start and kind of is a third years old. But once like it gets into the middle of that, that was a good movie for its time. So we we're excited to see the new one. Um, well, the main thing I would say is it's like, you know, this might sound cliche, but it's more than a horror movie. Oh. Um, it, it like transcends the genre or whatever. It's uh, one of the better, yeah, like genre movies I've seen in a long time because um, it uses that, uh, like the urban legend uh, mythology of the Candyman to really yeah. just explore uh, like the inner city and um, yeah, just like a lot like uh, tensions or whatever. Um, in the, in the inner city, it takes place in Chicago. Oh, okay. Outside, and um, this really, this uh, large kind of uh, tenement housing um, where uh, in, in this movie, a um, artist goes and draws inspiration to like tell the, the story of Candyman, and they're able to really tell the story about um, what's going on in, in our country and what always has with. Um, police and they're uh, you know without getting too political here on the, on the show um you know <laughs> the, the, a lot of um the the issues with racism and uh and bigotry and things like that that um have come into national news in the last year this movie which was made i think like a year or two ago wow. did a really good job of of portraying you know to to and i appreciate it too for being a movie a lot of people would go see it. yeah nice man wow it sounds interesting i know jordan peele helped produce it uh, and yeah, I remember the original just terrifying me. Like I, I would see, I would only, I wouldn't even watch the whole thing. I would just see it on like HBO if I was like clicking through there or something like that. 
Uh, and yeah, just, yeah, just wild. I mean, as a filmmaker yourself, yes, exactly. As a filmmaker yourself, were there any scenes that like surprised you or, or made you jump? Oh, totally. Yeah. We were watching the, the original like last week before. Yeah. I don't, I, it, the way that it's slowly, like it's a slow burner, it doesn't, it catches you off guard. And then all of a sudden, when like the candy man is introduced, he's yeah. like, horrifying and gruesome. And all of the like, you know, uh, action or whatever you want to call them, uh, scenes, the horror scenes are just so like visually like gruesome and just gory, you know? Really? Um, they look, they, they find a way to make everything look real because it's set in this real, realistic setting um, you mentioned that. Like that oh really in the, in the new one do they use a lot of cg or uh practical effects um you know there's obviously both but yeah. you know you can't escape it but uh they it's like they done in clever ways okay the, like the coolest stuff to me was how they would use what might sound like on paper is like a really simple scene like um five girls in high school go into the bathroom and want to say Candyman into the mirror. Yeah. And like, how could this really, where could this really go? That could be too exciting. But then just like Jordan Peele, I think one of his staples in his movies is known for, reminds me of Hitchcock, that he just takes something so simple and makes, builds the suspense into it. Like, I don't want to give too much away, but right. he, uh, on like the third or fourth time that the kids say Candyman, like the door opens and this girl, like an outcast girl comes in and like, doesn't think anyone's in there and it goes into one of the stalls and then when all like the shit's going down in the bathroom after they say it the fifth time yeah. she like hears like something through her headphones she's getting away from everyone so she's got her headphones on and like she like lifts it and hears screaming and stuff and like drops her like vanity mirror on the ground Whoa. and in the tiny vanity mirror you see like all the way down the hall like what's like kind of what's happening like yeah and it's just, it makes it makes you it's it's very like, interesting way oh yeah it's, like it draws you in it draws you in because you're watching the scene through you know this uh this girl's small makeup mirror you're saying yeah exactly oh that's so creative like that. as you as you as you mentioned that we had the pleasure of seeing get out in theaters like it must have been opening weekend because the theater was packed yeah. whatever year that was yeah uh that was such an incredible wild ride of a movie from, from, you know, Allison Williams acting throughout, which, you know, at first was distracting to me. Then I was like, Oh my God, this is so brilliant to. Yeah. 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 Oscar now, award winner. Yeah. Now he's blown up. We know what he's capable of, but that was the first time I'd seen him. Seeing that movie in theaters you know, the obviously the relation here is like the Jordan Peele aspect of it. Seeing that movie in theater was one theaters was one of the craziest ex, like theater experiences because it was so loud. It felt like it felt like it was we were at like a sporting event, the way that <laughs> right? things were unfolding, right? Like, do you remember that? <laughs> You're on a ride. It's yeah, the classic example of being on a ride with the audience where no one knows what to expect next and everyone is just like trying to like, yeah, people are talking to the screen and yeah, and, dude. That's when you know you're in for a good one. <laughs> you got people calling things out as if though the characters could use their help, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, oh, man. It was a hell of an experience. It was great. Um, all right. So you're working at Axon Communications, but also a video content creator for the Sox, That's for the right. Red Sox. Uh, how's that going? How are, uh, how, 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 how is that day to day? And what, what do you, what does that entail necessarily? Sure. It's, it's, it's a uh, fun. And I'll tell you one thing, working in minor league baseball is yeah. uh, always an adventure. Like um, it's, so this is the Nantucket Sox. No, who, who am I? The, uh, the Worcester. Worcester. Worcester Red Sox. And is that double A AA or triple A? Triple. One step from Boston. Woo. Okay. Triple A Worcester Red Sox. And so, yeah, you said minor league baseball, it's, it's a yeah. wild ride. Yeah. Can you tell us some of the promotional nights? Because I know the minor leagues get crazy. And then, yeah, like what, what kind of like fun stuff uh, you've seen this season uh, sure. from, from the, from the Worcester Sox. I mean, some of the crazier things, like uh, my dad is also an usher there and he refuses to work on like bring your dog to the park night. Uh, <laughs> it's a little much for him. He, he likes dogs, but uh, being an usher, I guess, you know, that calls for all kinds of weird situations. Yeah, so that's kind of funny that then once in a while the, the park is full of dogs. Uh, How often is the park full of dogs? I think that's once a month. 
Oh my God. Yeah. And and they need all hands on deck because some of those dogs are pooping and peeing all over the place. I imagine. I right? just wonder about that. But, um, I, but mine. And then the other thing is like a lot of them don't like either get along because they've never met the other dogs and oh, wow. they feel like they're in a weird situation or they just, they want to play, but they're like on a leash. So there's all of that dynamic. Isn't that like kind of dog <laughs> torture because they're in these like, plastic uncomfortable seats or like in their owner's lap and then there's just yard a hundred yards of outfield grass to that they could just be running on and pooping on and marking like how do the dogs not overtake the field it's kind of yeah it's torture it's horrible i mean they should maybe it should be like dogs coming in the seventh inning and then like by the time the game's up they have to run on the field or something (laughs) but that could yeah let the dogs loose on the field (laughs) My goodness. I mean, or give him some kind of reward at the end of the, at the end of the day. Uh, so, okay. What other fun promos has, have the Worcester, Worcester Sox been doing this year? Every weekend they they rotate this thing where it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they let the kids run around the bases. That's one day. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they love that. And there's, an, which gets kind of crazy because then you've got like uh, a thousand kids trying to run the bases like and you're trying to tell them to like wait their turn but they get overzealous and there's like, herds of kids like hitting third base at the same time um, <laughs> and then they do on the, the other the other afternoon is throw the um like toss in the outfield so every, mm-hmm. all the kids get to go into the outfield and throw the ball around oh cool. smart thing they did was they give them these plush balls oh nice uh, yeah so that there's not just like massive injuries and stuff. i want to i want to change this up yeah, uh, you know, if you know anybody uh, that can uh, that can be influential to the marketing uh, department and uh, the promotional nights, let's let the dogs on the field keep the kids in the stands. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm what with I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Dogs, dogs play in the outfield. Don't let the dogs play, for God's sakes! All right. Uh, well, Mike Nicola, I came to know you in Orlando, Florida at UCF, but we'll get into that a little later. You are the pride of Southbridge, Massachusetts, where you lived from age four to age 18, at, at, at which time you left uh, for the University of Central Florida to get a film degree. Now, Mike Nicola, tell me about your hometown, Southbridge, Mass. Where to begin? I'm back there here right now, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, it's just a wild, exciting place. Not really at all. Um, <laughs> is it not? I mean, it's kind of what's the old uh, cliches like the um, one stoplight town, you know? Uh, is it really the last picture show? Yeah, it's a town that was booming in like 1940, um, a big mill town in the 1800s, and then um, the American Optical was the company that. Uh, brought fame to Southbridge when they were producing uh, lenses in World War II. Really? Uh, yeah, American yeah. Optical. Yeah, and then unfortunately within like 20 or 30 years of that they were sold to a company outside the country and uh, you know, everything went different places, the classic story of small town America becoming uh, kind of a forgotten afterthought. You know? Jeez, man. Well, <laughs> I mean, growing up, yeah, sorry to be so sad. No, great. No, no, <laughs> no, that's, Hey man, the hit history is history. And you know, it's fact. Let me, let me, t- let me ask you this single stoplight town. Like you're saying, uh, it's got this rich history. It's in the Northeast, you know, Massachusetts, New England area for you growing up there for someone who loves film, who, who came to love film as much as they did as you have, and you do. Uh, would you escape to the movies? What, what was it like going to the movie theater in your hometown? No, that's a great question. It's funny. I was uh, talking to someone about this recently, how we had to, to do anything, even to go to the mall. You had to get on the highway and drive like 30, 40 minutes just to go yeah. to like, um, like, you know, Foot Locker or Toys R Us or um, wow. the movies. So it was right. always, but because of that, it made it more of an, like a, a big deal. Like if you wanted to go see a movie, your parents literally had to, drive you to this place you had to like coerce them into this and like you know and then and you had to develop a plan and stuff until you finally rolled enough to drive yourself and then yeah it's still driving 45 minutes to a movie so yeah it made it like more of an event you know going to the movies it was really on top of like movies being a way to like shape 
a kid's mind or whatever. Like you were literally, it was like you were leaving this middle of nowhere place and going and learning about, you had to go out of it to just go learn about other places. Yeah, to see the big screen, to see, you know, uh, like your idols on, on film. Like what, like what's, um, so for me, uh, uh, and this will go into the my next question, which I'm curious about. For me, going to the movies was every Friday. That's where everybody went to like be seen like you know hot you know this person's dating this person from this school and this school that's where everybody went to fight like if you had a beef with somebody it's like all right movie theater eight o'clock uh you know we're gonna fight at the quarrelwood mall you know and like which is <laughs> something that, mall too, okay. yeah which is something that i did yeah it was the jc pennies you would fight oh yeah i mean once or twice i did uh, but that was a place where all that happened. You know, it was like, it was almost like a red carpet where everyone was like, oh my gosh, these two people are together. And then, oh, oh wow. my gosh, these people are fighting. Uh, oh my gosh. Like yeah. Fast times at Ridgemont High or something. It, I mean, it was very much that way uh, where everybody went to show off, hang out, and then, you know, kind of get dropped off by their parents and then see what was going to happen the rest of the night or, you know, start there and then go to like a house party or something afterwards. A really interesting dynamic whereas instead of it like leaving and going to this place where like for me you were going to a place where you would actually be seen and see all your friends and like see the people you knew yeah and there were three movie theaters there was like the north fort myers movie theater uh where you know kids from that area would go fort myers regal uh you know bell tower where the fort myers kids would go and then the cape coral kids had coralwood mall and the movie that i remember the most there is zoolander <laughs> because that was around the time that that movie theater had closed uh that was like the last film i think i saw there and then i had to go to a different movie theater uh because you know that movie theater closed but i i just remembered you know i you know going to the movies was such a big thing you know especially if you're coming from a small town or you know a town where there's not a lot to do it's like the movies you know and like we forget about that because movies are so readily accessible now right yeah yeah so did you have and, and why did Zoolander, uh, why did that like make so much sense to me? Like, like, I don't know, it was 2001 or like, why does it stand out to me? Cause it was 2001 and I hadn't really seen a lot of comedies and I was, you know, I like defended my friend, Charlie. Like I was like, like this kid was talking uh, shit to him and I like defended him. And then that ended up making me fight this other kid, like eventually, oh. but but like, yeah, were there any movies that stand out to you that you, you saw quick, when you were younger? Did you ever yeah. go, go there with Corey? Corey Slater, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he lived in, uh, yeah, he lived right next to me in the Cape. And yeah, we'd gone there and it had reopened uh, just after high school. So I'm, oh, I'm, cool. I, for, I forget exactly what, what what we saw. Yeah, yeah. Because there should be, I mean, yeah. How does the movie all have like their time, you know, they're, they're always right. like under the gun. Like they have their they come and go. Also, you know, if you go to different movie theaters around the country, very few movie theaters are renovated. So whenever it popped up, that's, you know, the, the carpet, the carpet is teal and uh, fuchsia. You know, the walls are wood paneling like a station wagon. There are pictures of the Blues Brothers everywhere. You know, like that's oh, what yeah, I like brand new arcade games. Yes. The newest oh arcades. God. Whatever was new at the time. Yeah. Dude, I went to two... Um, two movie theaters in the middle of the country, one in Oklahoma city. And it was man straight out of like the nineties. Everything was just big. And like, just like everything was really huge. And they had like, what's the, what's the best way to put it? Like, was it yeah, fluorescent colors and everything? Was that more eighties? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Definitely some carryover. They had like some fluorescent lights. They had these like, big like like every like a big popcorn you know just like advertising they had popcorn like people don't know that whereas now like a movie theater that we built they just all right let's make some room for a television screen and you know yeah now they've tried to get more like sleek and like faint like like we're classy we're a movie theater you can choose this over like watching it from your what's a movie exactly what's a movie that you had growing up uh that like kind of affected you or that one that you remember the most um well, I remember, it's funny, of all, like, this movie, it's, you're going to laugh when I say it, but this movie, like, made me, like, we're both, like, filmmakers, and, and uh, made me want to do that. Scream. Yeah. Really? Scream? 
Yeah, it was just because like, do you remember pay-per-view when like you'd buy, rent a movie and you'd have like 24 hours? Yeah. So we did that. It was like my brother and I got out like half day of school one day and like called my mom at work. Can we get like this new like horror movie? And uh, my older brother always, you know, like him and me were like created together. We were a tandem, you know, I was doing stuff yeah. like that. So when we get that, but then like after watching it once, he wanted to go do stuff with his friends. He was older. And I right. like was just fascinated by this movie that was like had it all right. Like, like violence. <laughs> like, uh, and it was just like, kids that weren't much older than you even though okay. they're really probably like 35 the actors right um and it was like kind of a classic horror movie even today so like i remember seeing that and just being like i had never seen a horror movie before i wanted to see everyone ever after that you know wow that's so amazing or something yeah for that to be your first horror movie is funny because now you watch it as an adult and it's like oh well this is so genre bending and it gives so many like winks to the audience you know like yeah. this is what's going to happen next and it, it's a bit meta, right? That's the, yeah, absolutely. That's probably what it was, was it, it referred to all of these horror movies. So I was like, wait a minute, they keep talking about like the first like, 10 minutes is like literally trivia about these horror movies. They're talking yeah. about Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. So as a kid, I'm like, now I get to see all these, you know? Right. And, and then you start watching all those and then eventually you just want to see like all classic movies in general and start, it's not just horror anymore, but that was like my like gateway drug into like watching like every movie ever, you know? Nice. Yeah. And that, that's incredible. Yeah. That's a good, good start there. I, like you said, you watched it with your brother. Did your brother grow up to be a cop? Is that mm. right? He did that for a while. And then he figured, you realized that didn't suit him at all. Oh, okay. Nice. But did, don't you did really well. He went to uh, Daytona beach for that. And he was like first in his class in the Daytona police academy. No way. <laughs> and then, shout out to, to Greg. Did he come back and was he a cop in Boston or in like the Boston area? Uh, yeah, he was like a part-time cop in Florida for a while and then decided being that far from home wasn't really his thing. He wanted to live, you know, with his family and friends. So he came back home and that was where he did it. It was here in, in the small town of Southbridge. Um, still, but even not that long, maybe a year or two. And then he was still like, really young too, you know? Um, I wonder if he's, I think he's, we've talked about if he was older now, like if he'd want to do it, but then now he's got a family. So that'd be like right. considerations, but yeah, then he just, he was like, I, I can't do this. Being, being a brother of, uh, like a cop, did you ever get away with anything or like, did he let you like <laughs> hold his gun or anything like that? Well, you know, it's funny. Like you, you ask because, um, <laughs> Greg and I have often been said that we are like, polar opposites of each other in a lot of ways like maybe we compliment each other whatever you want to say but um yeah he was the cop that i did i guess probably like i committed the ultimate crime of a cop's brother uh what happened i, I uh I, I found and fired his firearm his gun <laughs> <laughs> what how old were you and how old was he um damn i was probably like 18 Okay. Uh, which is still old enough that this is like, sure, this is crazy that it's happening. But luckily, I was like old enough that nothing bad happened. Then again, so, yeah. shooting a gun is bad enough. But sure, what happened? What What's the story? What What's the story? All right. So, um, uh, I'm back from UCF. Uh -huh. As you mentioned, we this is we're, we're um, down in Florida having a great time, and it's winter break, so I'm up here, come home for like a month, and. Uh, I'm out with my friends. It's, you know, I'm sure you did the same thing when you come back from school or whatever, you like, meet up with all the high school guys and uh, girls party and like whatever, yeah. the catch up reunion. And I come home late at night and I've had a few cocktails and. Sure. Um, oh my God, dude. What? Yeah. Right now it's like, wait a minute. What was the topic? Oh, the gun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and at the time I'm living in this house right here, that's, I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but it's perfect that I'm sitting where I am. This is like the scene of it. Uh, and my grandfather at the time is living with us, sleeping in the room on the other side of this wall. My mom is upstairs um, in her room. And my brother and I's bedroom that we grew up in was across the hall upstairs from my mom. Yeah. And uh, at this time, my brother was old enough. He had moved out, had an apartment, like the next town over. And I think he's sleeping um, or with friends or a girlfriend, something like that. But he had a gun here locked away in a safe. Whoa. And I guess in my state, I thought to myself, where am I going to find pot? And uh, <laughs> I know where it is. It's in Greg's safe. 
and um, I, man, this is embarrassing, but yeah, hey, here we are. I, I go into the safe, and I think the key was just like sitting in the lock, and uh, I open it up, and oh yeah, there's the weed, but at this point in the night, uh, after the events that had led to this, I just, for the first time, saw this, this massive gun, and my brother had like the um, Dirty Harry, like uh, Cold 45. Yeah, whoa. And so, I mean, it's like the long nose revolver. I know nothing about guns, so I sound ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. That kind of adds to it the fact that I know nothing about guns. It's like and a cartoon sized <laughs> gun. Like, exactly. it's like, it literally is. It's huge. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, Magnum, is that what it's called? Maybe that's what it's like. A, I think there's Dirty Harry, it's called Magnum Force. And, uh, and I, I take, and it's in like the holster, like the holster without the belt, if you've seen right. that. So, I like take it out, and I'm just kind of like, in awe of it like like just looking at it for a minute like there's probably like you know light shining off of it and like i could hear like some kind of like score coming <laughs> up from below and uh then it's back to like oh yeah that looks like some good pot smells great and i have it like <laughs> in my, my offhand if you will like facing down and i rem- i'll never forget this as long as i live like i remember like rummaging through the grass and like the guns in my hand just like without any real thought just being like huh i know there's this thing called safety on here so i've got to be safe but it's weird how it's like cocked like what all i have to do is like touch this and as i even just had the thought touch this trigger my finger touched the trigger and all of a sudden the room smelled of gunpowder. I couldn't hear a thing. My ears were just ringing. The house was shaking. And I was just like, oh my God. And I looked down and there's just a hole the size of like a quarter in the floor and like black smoke coming out of it. I drop everything in a second and I'm just like, my dogs. And I like sprint down the stairs to the first floor whip open the door to the um, basement and like run down there like thinking oh my god did I just shoot my dogs uh-huh. and they're both just like sleeping like they look up these two German shepherds and like they're just confused they have no idea what's going on yeah so yeah yeah good. so then I'm like well what did happen so like I run into the living room the, the room right below the bedroom and I told you it was like a quarter size hole in the bedroom yeah but when I looked in here at the ceiling there was the, a hole the size of a basketball in the ceiling. What? And it, yeah, and just plaster like ceiling everywhere, all over the room. Uh, and I'm looking everywhere, and right there on the couch is the bullet, just sitting on the couch. No way. Yeah, I guess it like came through the floor and hit so hard, just bounced across the room and landed on the couch. Oh my god! And nobody was hurt. And 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 I like then I'm like wait a minute where's my mom where's my grandfather yeah 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 the entire thing never even knew it happened really yeah no one heard it nothing i called my brother and was like, he, he tells the story so funny he's like he does this impression of me where i'm just like you're gone i'm uh, i i shot it it's like <laughs> yeah man whoa dude totally lucky yeah i mean as far as like gun run-ins that I had, I mean, I don't, I don't really think I ran with too many people that like had guns or like showed off their guns. My grandfather like kept a few guns in the, in his bedroom. And I never like was curious to like play with them. Like I was never into like guns. I was never into cars. Like I was just really wasn't into like that sort of stuff. Uh, so I was never like, curious. like handguns or like, it's like Smith and Wesson, like handguns. Yeah, yeah, he was he was ex-Marine. And so he knew how to handle all those things. And uh, I just knew they were there. He didn't show me where they were uh, necessarily. But I'm sure if I got curious, I, w- I was more concerned with like looking for Christmas presents around that time of year <laughs> than, you know, trying to find a, a gun anytime. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? And also like, yeah, I told you like at the movie theater, people would fight. And at yeah. most, the most like anybody brought out weapon wise was like maybe a knife uh never like a gun or anything like that so cape coral doesn't really live up to its stories of like being a very scary place uh i mean yeah is it a scary place like like i don't know if you're two feet away from a guy with a knife it seems like a scary place yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh it depends i mean i mean you know cape coral fort myers that's where the so- red Sox uh spring training facility is Way to and, yeah yeah and uh 
Yeah, is it a dangerous place? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. It's it's tough to it's tough to actually say because the news loves to, you know, run stories that like the local news loves to run stories that will uh scare older people like your grandma and, you know, and my grandma and stuff like that. Sure. And I, I don't know, I just feel like like having worked in like local news there, I just I just know that they search out for those things. And another uh, stereotype would be that there are a lot of grandmothers living in Cape Flora. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh my gosh, what's happening to our neighborhood, you know? And then, uh, you know, that kind of that kind of affects how people sure. treat the place. But I, I don't Unfair. think it's yeah, I don't think it's any more dangerous than anywhere else. However, you know, there's not a lot of job like real jobs available for like a good wage there. Right. So you know, people have to do what they have to do to make it. You know, uh, so. Is there more crime there than anywhere else? I, I don't know if I'd say there there is or isn't, uh, but it's definitely it's definitely advertised more. You know right. what I mean? That's that's yeah. That's what I was uh, assuming. So that, that's the uh, of all indications that it gives. Yeah, and I mean, there's you know ev- everyone's watching the local news, and since there's old people, you know what's popular: uh, early bird dinners, uh, buffets, gated communities, uh, local news, and then a lot of church. A lot of people going to church. Okay, so you know, that just, part's true. Yeah, uh, there, are, there are there's an elderly community there. Oh my, yeah, in Florida, of course. We talk, of course, there is. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, a lot of people going to church. In fact, when I was, I mean, and and it, that just becomes like a natural hobby for people. You know, if they're you know if they're living close to their grandparents or their parents are older, it's like, all right, you know, let's go to church. And I, I had just as like a hobby, just cause I really wasn't into anything other than soccer. My, my mom and my grandparents who I grew up with, they pushed me into getting my like communion. And I don't remember a thing about it other than like, I would go there and color, uh, just like yeah. color, Churches. you know, this like this Jesus notebook, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah you- isn't it a funny thing when we're kids, how like you end up, uh, just you're at church you know, with your family. It's like the only thing that's really like that. And you really don't know, know like why or like what's going on. You just know it's a place you have to go and like people, you have to dress nice. Yeah, yes, exactly. And your parents, you know, my mom, knowing her now, she's not religious at all, but she thought, oh, well, you know, the church, this is a good thing to, you know, have, you know, Peter involved with. Sure, sure. let's go for it. Like, did you, were, like, were you involved with the church? Did your family bring you to church yeah, when you were younger? Deal. I mean, it is certainly the, the supposedly the opposite of evil. So I suppose, I see where the allure is. Yeah, um, we used to go uh, for a while there. You know, it's one of those things too. I think a lot of us, we've, there's like um, a trend where you're doing it for like a, trying it out on us to see how we do with it. Sure, yeah, yeah. So see I if it takes. Time there. Yeah, exactly. When uh, <laughs> this was before we moved to Southbridge and I was a real little guy and living in uh, Connecticut in uh-huh. New London, Connecticut is where I was born. New London. Wow. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, but Colin Quinn mentions it in one of his specials because, okay. because of the fact that like, yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing is like, you know, when America was colonized, everybody thought that New London was going to mirror <laughs> London of England, you sure. know, yeah, yeah. and then York was going to mirror, New York was going to mirror York. And actually, New York is, you know, obviously a metropolitan type city closer to London. And they should have named New York New London because of you know what was going on there. But they had yeah. great grand plans for uh, New London that you know I don't know huh. just never kind of took. But I, I imagine can't get great, anything by this guy. Great weather there. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine it was it was you know great weather, and they were like, all right, this is where we're going to set up our version of London. Uh, but it never really happened. I don't think. Fantastic weather. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Pfizer was there um, in New London. Yeah. Oh, good for them. Hey. And uh, yeah, so we went to a church there, my brother and me and um, my mom and dad. And I remember like uh, the original Nintendo system, like me and my brother would have to get pried away from that on Sunday morning, like playing like Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Yes. All in one to go. And um, it didn't take well. You said hot seat <laughs> takes. They literally had um, like this, the, for lack of a better term, it reminds me of like a press box, like 
back of the church. Um, and it was literally so for wait, the children there would be, who were misbehaving too loud. So there was, <laughs> there was like a press box slash penalty box for kids that were behaving. Full on soundproof glass, yeah. Are you? Yeah, right. No, I, I swear, I swear, with like toys and stuff. and like In this like, church? In the church, they had a room, and it was like, oh, if you can't make it for there's 45 minutes left, you're you're going. So yeah, I mean, I um, hold on, hold on, that's dangerous. Any soundproof room anywhere is dangerous. Let alone, all right, you know, a church. Let's you know, let's <laughs> let some sound out. You know, I think you know what I'm talking about here. Oh, My God. So yeah, so there's a still there. there's a church penalty box for the the misbehaving children. Yeah. And in 1991, so you, there was my God, did you ever, yeah. You go from, myself a bit there. You go, yeah. You go from the McDonald's play place to, <laughs> you know, the, the penalty area all on a, all on a Sunday morning. So what? Right. <laughs> from all, duck hunt to, oh, and yeah. And then duck hunt in the middle, uh, all in a day's work. I actually remember in Florida, they tried to have uh, video games in McDonald's. Like they had like a wow. Sega Saturn at one point where you, that you could play. Uh, that didn't that last go? very long. It didn't last very long, I don't think. I, I mean, unless they have, still have now in parts of Tampa. But okay, so tell me about your, did you ever get into the penalty box? What was that like? Yeah, and I think this was so, this was such a like um, petrifying experience more for my family than myself. Uh-huh. At the time, that was kind of the end of our church going, at least in, I can't, I may have tuned anything else out after that. But this one particular uh, Sunday morning, and I think it was too, like we had CCD first and then we oh, go to yeah. church. So like, it was really like a long, arduous morning for a four-year-old, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, not the greatest attention when it comes to those kind of things. I just wanted to be playing Mario Brothers. Yeah, And uh, so we make it through CCD and then maybe we like join our parents in church or something, but we're in church and the way it's been told to me, at least by the rest of my family, was that at one point uh, I made a comment that resonated throughout the entire building so everyone could hear this. Uh, in the mi- in the, this, is in, this is in the middle of church. This is, yeah, while well, I'm still being allowed in the general public portion of church. Um I think, and I was small, you know, I'm not the biggest guy anyway, but I was always like a a tiny kid. And because of that, I think I really like projected to make sure that like I was being heard. And, um, and I kind of like a loud squeaky voice, but I, uh, I popped up and I I was just like, I took offense to things, you know, I'm a passionate person. And I think as a kid, I just like, like if someone was doing like holding me like in this room for this amount of time, I took a a deep offense to the fact that this is what my morning was being spent doing. And I just, I just wait for a moment and I shout right after the priest says something about Mary. I just say like, I don't even care about Mary. And like my mom, who is just like the sweetest lady trying to get us to like learn a little bit about this. And um, she's like, you know, like really just wants um, us to everything to go normally and smoothly. Yeah. And then people like, what are people thinking about our family if I'm doing that? So she like immediately like covers me up and like, I'm so sorry, I can just imagine. And she like contains me and everything's going smoothly until maybe I felt like I, I was being like, allowed again to like like you know like my cry was off me and i guess i waited for another lull in the action and that's when i literally stood up on like the pew or whatever it's called and just i guess howled basically (laughs) to the right directly to the priest put a sock in it like (laughs) those are the words put a sock in it and that was it Oh wow! Then you were blown. I was on that that immediate beeline to the press box. Really? Did someone like just drag you there, or or what? I, I think mean, my sure... mom was seeing red at that point with embarrassment, and um, I just remember being like making it from the seat to the back in a second, and the door slamming behind me. It was just yeah, like horrible. Now I'm with all these children I don't know. We were with the all all the other bad kids fogging up in there and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. you're the, all the other bad kids and you can just be as loud as you want and no one will hear you yeah and i probably didn't say a word once i was in there <laughs> oh my goodness i mean that really gave everyone something to think about much less <laughs> you know uh the embarrassment from your family <laughs> it was an exciting morning yeah for everyone sure i know the I'm, priest followed that up like i wonder how do you spin that one it's like uh oh the devil's inside that boy <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's a phrase that you continue to use in your adult life. Put a sock in it. I've, I've, I've heard you say that no less than a dozen times being your friend over these years. It was a good choice. Choice of words there. Oh my goodness. I mean, I would, you know, the times that I remember in church were, um, in high school, we, I, I, the last two years of high school, I went to this Catholic church, uh, school and I would love going to church because that meant time away from class, you know? And so I just got to goof off a little bit. I got yeah. to like, you know, pass notes the opposite uh, situation where you you got a, an opportunity to off. right yeah 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 oh i mean not really but like all the eyes were on you know the the uh, troublemakers sure. and there's nowhere to hide in a church i'll say that there's yeah, nowhere to hide kids you're marked you you were able to kind of like breeze by right by. right which yeah which was fun uh so i, I want so to what happened with that did you graduate from the catholic school i graduated from that catholic school uh i mean and you know just like in, in any catholic school or private school there's like more notorious stuff going on down there like every like all these kids are smoking weed and because it's a, a private school everybody you know they can get tested for for marijuana they could like pull you out of class and test you uh some wow. kids got tested some kids didn't get tested uh it's but governance yeah the oh yeah absolutely the english midterm was stolen and passed around um there was like uh, you know several like sex scandals where students were on top like found access to the top of this one building and that's where kids would like hook up during school like couples would go there and like do these like crazy like like un obviously they're both underage but like sex acts on school property and it's like it's like wait where are we you know yeah, like everything being like repressed by the catholicism or whatever like uh, just making pushing for things to happen so yeah i yeah i guess i don't know what attributed <laughs> to it necessarily but also yeah there were scandals where like these girls were like sitting on this teacher's lap and like it during class while he was teaching us and it was it you know it's it's crazy also we're in we're florida there. yeah i was there for that also the we're in florida so all the teachers are wearing sandals and if you're you know if you see a teacher's feet you can't respect the teacher anymore you can't <laughs> once you see a teacher's feet and they're like gigantic toenails you can't take you know algebra notes from miss fig you know what i mean yeah yeah like, that, that certain shroud of um that like suspension of disbelief that they're not a real person is gone because they have toes yeah yeah oh yeah you see their human toes and then you get to know their first name it's like oh, no no rebecca i didn't do my homework okay rebecca once, the, once there's a first name involved it's over no there's no coming back from that it, so yeah. wait, at a Catholic school, are the teachers like priests and nuns? Or uh, I would, no, not all of them. In fact, I, I don't even know if they have teaching degrees because there are different <laughs> different certificates there. Uh, they're just followers of Christ. There are no standards because in Florida, you had to have a standard. Yeah, exactly. You had to have a standardized, you had to pass a Florida standardized test score with a certain score uh, for public schools, but private schools didn't have to adhere to that. Do they have science classes or is that just they did and thinking back window. on it yeah exactly thinking <laughs> back on it my te my science teacher was a little stressed and I, I don't remember i think it was mostly tough situation to be in tough situation to be in uh they they wouldn't they wouldn't touch any like overlapping religious and science issues but they would talk about photosynthesis and there would be a, a lot of talk about photosynthesis, you yeah. know, not evolution, just... not evolution, but like, you know, photosynthesis of like plants and stuff. Yeah. There are just the certain places that they were like safe zones. Exactly. And, you know, and so this leads us into our next program, like or uh, next segment in Florida, we're landlocked. It's a peninsula. If, and where I'm from, from it's five, six hours just to get to Gainesville. And Gainesville is like a college town where the University of Florida is, but it sounds like a uh, poorly named uh, exercise uh, gym. You know what I mean? Where, <laughs> where you're lifting a lot of weights. <laughs> Go, welcome to Gainesville. <laughs> where somebody greets you at the door saying, welcome to Gainesville. And sounds then like throws... they didn't invent Gatorade. Exactly. And they did. They did invent Gatorade. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know that. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, that's what's happening in Gainesville. But so we wouldn't go on too many road trips or if we would, it'd be to Tampa, maybe Gainesville, visit friends. Did you go on any road trips? Uh, and you know, we would, and we actually went on a road trip our, our, together up the West coast here to see UCF play uh, Stanford, Stanford back in the day. Yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. But, uh, but, but growing up because, you know, you're in new England and there's so many States and uh, you know, and cities so close to each other. Did you ever take like a road trip or like a football road trip or anything like that uh, to see the Pats? Uh, like, or, or do they even have like training up there? Oh yeah, definitely they do. Um, the funny thing about New England is that it's just all these small states that are within like a couple hours drive, and um, the Patriots actually don't even the New England Patriots, but they're in Massachusetts, but they don't actually uh, play there during camp. They play in Rhode Island, yeah. so. Um, I remember this one year, like my brother and I both grew up with my dad being a huge sports fanatic and made us because of that. We, we in turn were huge fans and played all the sports, played football. And one year he thought like, oh, the kids, they'd love to go to um, Patriots training camp. But I didn't think like he failed to take into consideration the fact that it was like, you know, July or August, hottest days of the year. And, um, you know, you're outdoors and like kids don't do the best in that. So we went and my brother within like an hour or two, um, he like first he, he got Ty Law, his favorite football player's autograph. No way. Which was big. But then. And this is, wait, this is, this had to be back in the day when like the Pats had those jerseys with like the, the Patriot logo, like on the shoulders, right? Those like huge, heavy starter, uh, uh, starter brand jerseys oh yeah so gaudy yeah this is the Bledsoe Great, era right Bledsoe yeah, Ty exactly. era okay yep, okay yep. okay and so your brother gets his Ty Law's autograph yeah he gets it oh. so the day is made we've been there for a little bit and then um then Greg proceeds to immediately get heat stroke and wow. uh we put him under a tree in the shade we're giving him Gatorade and nice. uh I think eventually we decided we don't have to go to the hospital like we're just gonna go home yeah so day cut short we get back into traffic uh 495 headed north back to massachusetts um at this point it's probably people getting out of work and it's a rush hour so it's crazy and you leave you leave because your brother had heat stroke basically exactly right? okay okay so did you get any autographs by the way i did actually i'm glad you asked um my dad's always been really good at like like identifying situations at sporting events of how to kind of like now i mentioned he's to this day an usher at a, <laughs> a baseball park but right um right. it like kind of figuring out ways around things how to get like, access to players so yeah. wouldn't you know within 15 minutes of getting there he, he realizes that they have the players literally walking on this like far side of, of tennis courts that uh-huh. are they have those kind of like um sunscreens and so that you can't see the other sides so that they have privacy and you get to the fields dad sees that so we're through the tennis court to the far wall taking our like uh roster programs and rolling them up and sticking them through this little chain link fence hole and uh the player's probably like man can't get away no matter what and i uh, get a young like second year adam vinatieri to sign my no kidding adam vinatieri quite possibly the most famous kicker of all time the golden leg my goodness yeah. wow that's so cool so wait so then you but unfortunately you had to cut this uh road trip short and you're heading back in yep. rush hour what was that like oh man so you know what's, you, get- you know you know you know you know why i ask is because you know, in Florida, we get a lot of snowbirds and it's a ton of people from the New England area, the New York area, like the Northeast that sure. come down and they get blamed for driving like maniacs <laughs> and, or being reckless all the time. When I believe, when I believe that the Florida people are just as reckless. Oh yeah. And, it's the, funny. and oh. the atmosphere adds to that, you know, especially if you're, oh, yeah. if you're visiting Florida, it's like, all right, well, I've got to blend in with these Florida people. I better be insane. Yeah, there's a whole couple conversations that spawn off that. It's interesting just from traffic, but that's the whole thing about melding cultures is that yeah. like there's always that like incongruent nature. I often say around here, I'm like, these are the worst drivers I've ever seen in LA. You can never get away with this. If you survive driving in LA, you have to know what you're doing. And like, I guess that's <laughs> what people it, say. Everywhere. But in New England, are the drivers crazy on their own or is it the Florida air that does it to them? Ooh, or what it could be that air? Yeah, you think so? Well, what happened? What happened on the way back? Um, so we're in traffic, and you know, in the in summer, you're just especially like I don't know how good the air conditioning was in our old like Mercedes 
diesel car, but people are just like hot around the collar and, you know, anxiety high and that kind of situation. Yeah. And this one couple decided uh, that they were just going to say, forget it about this waiting in traffic and just pass hundreds of cars in the breakdown lane. Yeah. And uh, my dad, the guy who had, within an hour of that uh, prior to that had us like, you know, uh, going somewhere we shouldn't to get steel player autographs now is taking it upon himself to pull his car just enough into the breakdown land. So after this couple passes, hundreds of cars, we were going to be the ones to stop them. My dad was policing the road oh, wow. and uh, he was you know saving everyone from getting cut off by this guy. Um, but the guy who was in that car, was just as uh, warm and stressed as my dad. Oof. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it was crazy. That guy starts shouting and yelling. And then I think my dad like opens the door. He told us later as when we were older and uh, gave him the thumbs up middle finger. And uh, <laughs> that was it. This guy jumps out of his vehicle in traffic, jump, leaves the car and is now running towards our car. He's, he's so furious. And this is like, as I'm telling the story, you're like, what's going to happen next? It's this man, his two children and like a tall, like angry, like who knows what kind of unstable man sprinting towards the vehicle. Yeah. As fate would have it, luckily for us, traffic starts again and just as he's about to get to the car we start driving away um that just, <laughs> just like a like a horror movie <laughs> he just goes to another level at this point he's like red his face is, is like beat red he's screaming out of spits coming out of his mouth he's smoking a cigarette that he kept in his in his hands the whole time running right. and he throws the cigarette at our car but the wind of course blows it back at him and uh, uh <laughs> he's just swearing every name in the book and me and my brother in the back window just like laughing and pointing fingers at him and, uh it was horrible it's making it worse and then the guy has to walk by all the cars that he just cut and then got out of his car and like made a fool of himself and then get back into his car where his wife is just berating him, screaming at him. And uh, he gets back into the passenger seat, head down, just completely defeated. And then my dad pulls back into the lane and they pass us in the breakdown lane. After all. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, Definitely you, you escaped yeah. with your lives that day. I mean, that's evidence enough to say that, yeah, I mean, maybe just drivers are just terrible all over America. Every, you do know? you ever have any like crazy road rage experiences in your life? I mean, on my 21st birthday, which is which was a lot of fun, we're you know, I had my one roommate uh, be the designated driver, this kid Troy. And sitting in the front seat was my buddy Blake, and I was in the back seat with my friends uh Freddie, Mark. And there were like two or three other people there. We had like borrowed my grandma's van and Blake. And with my grandma's van, there, the, the passenger window, like a minivan, minivan. Yeah. Gets stuck. It, the window gets stuck. So Blake rolls down the window and he sees this guy. And for no reason at all, he thought it'd be funny to moon him. So he moons <laughs> this guy. And also we're coming back from like an all white party. So like, we're all wearing white. Everyone's wearing like, white shirt a white shirt and this like, is a thing in florida i don't know what it is yeah exactly uh and then so then we're wearing all white and then blake you know we're heading back to this to lazy moon uh oh, of place course. that you remember this is in orlando great pizza great pizza yeah man uh greek, greek they, salads greek salads really yeah, they do. <laughs> oh wow i had no idea uh plug it nice most yeah most pizza places don't really have great salads to my to my uh knowledge anyhow uh blake moons this guy for fun and the guy catches up to us and he gets out of his car and he's like what was that <laughs> and blake goes blake goes i'm dude he goes he looks at the guy he goes you i mooned you like 10 miles ago and then Ew. and then bang a big bang happens and then Blake oh looks over Blake looks over to Troy and he goes, I think someone just got punched in the face. And then Troy looks at Blake and it's like, Yeah, man, you got punched in his face. And his eye is busted wide open. He's got blood running down his his white shirt. And then like, I we think someone just got punched in the face. And it was him. He was the one that got punched in the face. Like, what, were we having an out-of-body experience? Yeah, right. was, your, was your soul punched from your body suddenly? 
<laughs> the way you tell that story where in his head suddenly there was a there was a pow <laughs> wow and it knocked so him that out. was road rage when it actually uh manifests itself in like physicality i don't think anyone likes driving uh, let's just let's just agree yeah. agree Especially at that in traffic and heat mike Romo- florida offer exactly traffic florida can offer traffic heat and uh exploratory yeah exploratory alligators and exploratory drugs yeah like like bath salts yes it's true crocodile crocodile (laughs) from the shores of russia to the shores of florida crocodile crocodile my goodness uh mike we're almost out of time we can't really talk about daytona too much but uh your time you know in southbridge you know you spent a lot of time in the movies you know, getting carried away with, you know, uh, stories on the big screen. You love the Pats and, you know, you, it, it sounds like an easy place to get into trouble, especially with, you know, your brother's safe uh, being within arm's reach. If I found myself, if I found myself in Southbridge, what's one last thing, what's one good thing you could tell me about the place or uh, a, a, a point of view or a mindset to walk into town with? Wow. Um, well, things certainly have changed over the years, so I can't can't be certain that it all holds up to this very day. But mm-hmm. I know that um, the growing up for a place that I've described as uh, um, kind of in the middle of nowhere and forgotten, there was a lot of pride and um, mm. like uh, feuds or, or um, rivalries with local towns. And they Ooh. we keep going back to football, but uh, is it like a big thing? Was um, was you know playing football here and uh people just love being from southbridge as opposed to sturbridge or northbridge or uxbridge any places around no more none of those other bridges nothing beats old southbridge yeah so i would say just uh if you're here make sure that you uh if you ever come in here make sure that um you're not mistaken for being there's like a lot of that what's the term for that um like when people really favor like locals and like are weary of you know outsiders you know that's not something we're used to necessarily in LA where uh where we've lived for a decade mm-hmm. but um where you've got people from everywhere here it's much more just everyone knows every single person so if they don't really? know you yeah like I got pulled over one of those years visiting from Florida because I had a Florida license plate and it got caught at no reason pulled me over it's just like you're you got a florida license plate um so i don't really know where i'm going that's suspicious enough like yeah you got a florida license plate that's suspicious what's going on with you which you know honestly you know (laughs) if if you're identified exactly if you're identified as somebody from florida everybody's guard should be up immediately (laughs) exactly if that's the first thing that but yeah i mean i guess if you're in southbridge and not from southbridge um like be prepared to have to like answer some questions or at least just like, you know, like discuss things, prove yourself or something. Really? Like everyone's a little nosy. Everyone's a little investigator. Yeah, definitely. Everyone really be curious because they, if they don't recognize you, they know everyone, they know everyone's, everyone knows everyone's story. You know, it's like a, my high school had 80 kids in the, my graduating class. No kidding. The public high school. So like literally everyone knows it. Wow. So, be prepared to like get to know people's names if you ever come here. Well, I'll come. I'll go there with a, a an alibi and a story if I ever make it over to Southbridge. And I hope it's soon. I, I you should come soon. I, I hope that you get to come. I would love to, man. And you know what? Thank you, Mike, for sharing your stories today on the podcast. You've been a great guest. You'll have to come back so uh, for a Tuesday episode where we will discuss Florida and uh, our adventures there. Daytona. Yeah, yeah we get, we've got to talk about Daytona uh and then the tattoos that we got together oh uh, yeah our trip up up to northern california oh man we could have a whole series of this living yeah and our our living together in the same bedroom uh with (laughs) shane that's yeah uh crazy times uh mike thank you so much for being on the podcast i really appreciate it and also completely my pleasure thank you very much dude you're great and you're definitely coming back you're definitely coming back i made the cut on the stories oh absolutely man also got to give a big shout out uh, to the production team of this podcast, be it Mike, Gina, Justin, Collier, Kelvin, Dawn, Peter, Lauren S., Shane, Matt Ashton, Matt Pavian, and Chris McLeod. 
Uh, oh, I know half those people and they're all wonderful. So they're all pretty you good. And also, yeah. you know, producers of this podcast. So not, not half bad people. Uh, right. And it, also, if you want to be one of these half not, not bad people, go ahead and check out the details of this episode and you can support the podcast that way. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, uh, what should I be thinking about? Keep going. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking about. Okay, what are the Pats? What's the Pats record going to be this year uh, for our football fans? Uh, I'm going to go with nine and seven. Wow. Okay. Okay. About the Jets. Jets. I don't know. Zero sixteen. <laughs> Not even one win for Zach Wilson. No, Vinny Testaverde isn't walking through that door. <laughs> yeah. But they, I mean, hey, you got the Mormon gave you their best. We'll see what happens. Yeah, right. BYU quarterback. All right, Mike, thanks for your time here. Floridians, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.